I'm Rob Goodwin. And I'm Stacey Avery. And we're just a couple of writers. And podcasters. And this is Deep South Humor and Heart. Hey, Stacey. Hey, Rob. We're back again. Yeah. I love this. Two weeks in a row. I know. It's fun. I know. I think our listeners like it, too. Okay. I got a lot of good comments this good. week. Yeah, you just wait till all I'm going to share with you from listeners this week. You're going to be oh, excited. Well, I, I hope you are. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, guess what I did last weekend? Um, there's no telling. I saw Cat on a Hot Tin Roof oh. at the Theater of Gadsden. Have you ever seen it? I've not. You've not. You didn't seen the movie or anything. I, I have not. It is a great play. It's Tennessee Williams. Mm-hmm. So it's so well written, so well acted. Um, it's got some language in it. And the setting is the setting is in a in the bedroom of the two main characters, uh, Brick and Maggie, and they're a married couple. Yet their marriage is on the rocks. In fact, Brick will not sleep with Maggie anymore. And it delves into the why and mm-hmm. and gives you sort of some indications that it might be this, it might be that. Mm-hmm. But she ends up, the whole play is really about her trying to seduce him. Mm-hmm. And they live in this big mansion with his entire family. Okay. And they keep coming in and out of the room. But they're scantily dressed through a lot of it. So, really? Yes, it is. Um, it's quite controversial. Is it in a is is it in a particular city? Um, well, I'm sure it's probably well, it's set on a plantation. Okay. Uh, somewhere in the south. Okay. So okay. yeah, I kind of knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say it's probably somewhere in Tennessee um, mm-hmm. or Mississippi, but not sure for for okay. sure. Well, but do you know who played in the movie that was so popular in the 1950s? No. Elizabeth Taylor. She I was did not know yes. That. So this was a 1955 play written by Tennessee Williams. It was an or an award winning play, and then so they made a movie out of it later, which starred Elizabeth Taylor and Paul Newman. Oh, so okay. anyway, I I saw the play and I just fell in love with it, and I had to do a little research. So I'm gonna have to look that up. You do. You need to. Um, the play is great. The movie, I'm sure, is even better. Or yeah. well, too. So, But the actors were fantastic. And I love everything about community theater. Um, we've got some great uh, little groups around here. Cast and mm-hmm. Theater of Gadsden, Robbie Productions, all great mm-hmm. local theater groups. So. Did you get dressed up? Um, I did dress up pretty well. And my friend Melissa that I went with to the show because she does a lot of theater of Gadsden. So that's kind of her community. Mm -hmm. She has been nominated for best actress for White Plains Blue Mountain, which is the story of Marie Marie Hilly. I think I've told you that before. So she's nominated for best actress for that play. And she has asked me to accommodate her to the awards with, you know, I'm sorry, did I just say accommodate? (laughs) A company. A company. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm going to accommodate her by (laughs) accompanying Accompanying her her, her to these awards. I'm excited about it. So I'm I'm seeing your green velvet. My green velvet jacket. I could pull that out. Or the other one. Shall we speak of it? Yeah, the leather. (laughs) I mean, the leopard. Leopard. The black leopard. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Well, Tonight is something extra special, too, at St. Luke's, our church in Jacksonville. It is the chili cook-off, the annual chili cook-off. Mm-hmm. Do you make good chili? I make excellent chili. 
like award winning chili. Of course. Everybody thinks that about yes. their own chili. So. Yes. Well, um, we're doing white chicken chili. Oh, this year. And I, I told Paul, I don't think it's a winner. It's not going to win. Number one, he only made half a pot and that's just going to play with people's emotions mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, we might make the top three with mm-hmm. white chicken, but you know, when you go with chili, you're going to want the kind with beef, with hamburger meat and you know, all but that. But you stuff. might stand out because if everybody does the traditional chili, mm-hmm. you might be a standout. Maybe. Something I don't different. Yeah, I'm thinking top three for sure. But a couple of years ago, uh, Paul won the chili cook-off. In fact, his trophy is sitting right over there in the studio. Mm-hmm. He won the chili cook-off with Bloody Mary Chili. Wow. Now, have you ever never, heard I've never had well, it. Never heard of it. Well, it's obviously got Bloody Mary mix and a little vodka mm-hmm. in it. So it won the chili cook-off. It was definitely different. Um, of course, it did have ground beef in it, um, you know, instead of chicken. But mm-hmm. anyway, he's proud of that. Now, our church secretary, Linda George, she is ready to throw down because she makes the top three every, every year, year. Every year. And, and wins pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. So she was not happy when she failed to make the top three that year and Paul mm-hmm. won. So um, there's she's been, coming back hard. This she's year. coming back hard. And there, <laughs> there's been a little banter back and forth between she and other people. So um, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But last night I had dinner with my friend Judy Hurst. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Judy lately? I have not. She's really been through it. Aww. She's she's had a lot of health problems, but she's pulled out of it, and she's going strong. She reminds me of my mother a lot because mm-hmm. she's still she's in her upper seventies, and she still hasn't quit. Yeah, know? she's just still moving. And yeah, that's doing an inspiration. It is inspirational to see people because again, it makes that age look so much younger, you know, and then in turn makes us look younger to be yeah. in our fifties. So yeah, yeah, it is inspirational. Um, she, but like I said, she reminds me so much of my mother, you know, at 79 and did I tell you about her refusing to retire now? Your mom? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. So she had planned to retire, right? In fact, my sister and I, we loaded her up. We took her to Montgomery, which is the capital of Alabama. And that is where the retirement systems of Alabama office is. And she's Mm -hmm. a state employee. So we took her down there so she could get all the numbers, so she could get all the paperwork and be ready to retire in December. Well, she made it known to her colleagues and her supervisors that she was planning to retire. But then this younger woman that's kind of her nemesis, I think she just calls her the hussy. But anyway, she posted on Facebook, I'm so glad that old woman is retiring. Yeah. So mom said, I will stay till the cows come home. I will be here when she leaves. So all the planning for the retirement is out the window. Yep. You know, I had a hard time, you know, knowing what I know about your mother and mainly, you know, I've met her and what you've told me about her. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time imagining her retiring anyway. So I'm cheering her on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, And this is what she said about, you know, during the holidays is that um, she was alone. You know, Mm -hmm. we were all doing our own things. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want to be sitting there permanently, you know, full time, just not doing anything she enjoys, 
you know, being with people and, you know, interacting with folks. And so I think it's great that she's going to do that. It's not too strenuous for Mm -hmm. her. It keeps her healthy. So So at least till her next thing comes along. Yes. Her next. Yes. Now, you know, she's been working since she was in the cotton fields Mm -hmm. um, from a young little girl. And then naturally, like many of her family members, progressed into the cotton mill. Mm-hmm. Um, and she spent many years in the cotton mill. Did you did you guys have cotton mills in Bibb County? Um I don't I don't remember. Really? I think we did. I think there was one I think there was one in Brent. Okay. Yes. I remember the old yeah, I remember the old building in the cotton wagon sitting out in front of it. Um, yeah. yeah, I have a vivid memory of that. I was gonna say I, I think most um, most towns in Alabama had most areas there was, yeah. you know, there was one. So um, she, you know, she and my dad both went into the cotton mill. And I, I bet you've never heard these terms, but I, I wonder if some of our listeners have. So mama was a winder no, in the mill. My dad was a dolfer and a fixer. My aunt Emily was a spinner and my aunt Myrtle was a twister and my uncle Noble was an oiler, wow. so my family just kind of covered the you know the range of jobs that they had. So mm-hmm. now I don't know what I'm sure it has to do with winding the cotton, spinning mm-hmm. the the bobbins, and yes. you know fixing things and oiling machines. And I can't imagine what twister would be, but it sounds like it moves pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Seems like I remember my mother saying it was a production job. Hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure to Google that when I get home. Yeah. You need to do that for sure. Now Uh, we, we can't, you, you mentioned your trip to um, Montgomery with your mom. Yes. Uh, We, we can't just pass over that without reminding listeners about that podcast episode. Oh yeah. Where we talked about stopping for peach ice cream and, and where else did you, Oh, well, we went to Wenzel's. Yes. And my sister and I had oysters, which my mother thought was the nastiest That's the greatest. That was, the, that was such a great podcast. So if any, you know, that's worth an, another listen. Uh, listen if, yes. I can't remember what the title of that was. Was was that the same one about Bucky's? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because we stopped at Bucky's. That's yes. right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we did. That was the same trip, and so it was... Oh, that was so good. Those stories were so good. Yeah, you'll need to go back and listen to the one about Bucky's for sure. Yeah. Um, Well, speaking of the meal, though, like here in Jacksonville and in Blue Mountain and um, West Anniston, Mm -hmm. there were always meal villages. Yes. And those cute little mushroom houses, um, and you had to to work. In the cotton mill to be able to live in one of the houses. I didn't realize. And some people rented them, some people purchased them. But I think really in the in the back old days they were owned by the cotton mill, hmm. by whoever owned the cotton mill. Mm-hmm. And so they would just sort of rent them out. But mm-hmm. um anyway, that was kind of a, a natural progression to go from the, the cotton field for people in our community right into the cotton mill um, makes me think and the mill village makes me think of um, my beautiful great aunt Sadie Mae Ford mm. oh how I love this woman she had the most beautiful white hair mm-hmm. and she wore it in the largest bun 
because it was so long that I've ever seen twisted up on her head, you know, and bobby pins all the way around it. So it was, it was perfect. Oh, it was perfect and yes. beautiful. She was a beautiful woman, and she always sat on her porch in a rocking chair in the swing. Mm-hmm. And every time we'd go to town, we would turn up A Street, where she lived, and ride by her house and wave at her on the porch. Yeah. And mom, you know, would take them meals or we would take them riding around because they didn't drive. But my aunt had two spinster daughters that mm-hmm. lived with her, mm-hmm. Ethel and Shirley. Mm-hmm. And they were just charming and they could just make you laugh and I enjoy it. Unfortunately they're all they're all deceased. Um Ethel was the last one living, but I'll tell you something about Ethel that she always used to do and that is she remembered everybody in the family's birthday. I don't care who you were, she remembered your birthday and she called you and sang happy birthday mm. on your birthday. Wow. And I always thought that that was just the sweetest thing uh, that she did that. And I always looked forward, you know, on my birthday, I would look forward to hearing from call. Ethel. Yeah. 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 And then, and she called Granny, my grandmother, which would be her aunt. She called her just about every day to shoot the breeze and just, mm. she loved the telephone. That was her ministry. Yeah. Um, you know, was the phone. So, which um, makes me think I was reading an article earlier this week in Men's Health magazine and it was about communication Mm -hmm. and it was talking about how nowadays when there's someone you want to keep at arm's length Mm -hmm. and you communicate less with them the average text return time is about 18 hours if you're frustrated with someone or uh, just don't want to communicate with them. The average time is about 18 hours. And the magazine was suggesting if you are one of those people who receive a return text every 18 hours, you might just want to back off wow. of that relationship. Yeah. And then it was saying, the article said it takes 72 hours to return a phone call. I, I don't even answer phone calls much. Do you? Well, um, about the only phone calls I get are, are from my children. Um, typically, and that's, I always, I always take their calls if I can, even if it's just to say, Hey, are you okay? I'm, I'm busy. Can I call you back in a minute? Um, and you know, in our, in our business at our, um, at our office, people call and if they leave a message, I'm really, I, I call people back Mm -hmm. and I hear consistently, I hear you're the first person that's called me back. I can't get, I've left dozens of messages at other places and nobody will call me back. So I think that's probably pretty common um, of, you know, but I'm not, I'm not crazy about talking on the phone. So yeah, um, of course you have to do it for business. Like you said, Um, I'm a big texter. Oh, me Um, too. It it drives my mother crazy because she would much rather talk to somebody on the phone than text them. Um, and she wants to hear your voice. Yeah. Um, you know, it, rem- mm. it reminds me of when calls were spontaneous, you know, yeah. even before. You didn't have caller ID. Yeah. You didn't know who was calling. Before caller ID. Of course, you got a lot less calls at that time. I think one of the things that, you know, smartphones have done and texting have done is it's actually increased communication between people. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I have folks every day that I text with or every two to three days that I, 
you know, I text with because I consider them close friends and kind of, you know, in my circle, mm-hmm. so to speak. So um, mm-hmm. I think texting has been good, but it also uh, tends to um, cut down on phone calls. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many people nowadays have that message on their phone that says, the voicemail box is full or uh-huh. can't take calls right now. And you're just like, wow, I can't leave them. And so yeah. the best thing to do is text, text the person. Well, so what about the, uh, the uh, letter writing as an art of communication? Do you ever write letters anymore? Or do you ever receive letters? Uh, I receive cards, yeah, um, but I like to write letters and that I, and I don't mean on the computer and print them out. I mean, hand, hand, I love that. I love to write. I keep stationary for that purpose and I don't do enough of it. I have a file at at home um, that is full of just, um, I think it says personal um, letters, cards or something. And it is 20, 30 years worth of um, it's a, you know, sometimes it's a card, but there's a handwritten uh, note on the inside of it. And I love that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I always try to write some kind of sweet sentiment to someone, even, yeah. you know, in a card, um, because people tend to just throw a card down, you know, I mean, what do we do with all the Christmas cards that we get every year? Yeah. But if you have a sweet message that resonates with someone, I think they're more tempted to keep, you know, to keep yeah. the, keep the card, so to speak. Yeah, so. me too. That's good. So do you know what ghosting means? I do know. Speaking of texting, mm-hmm. and have you ever have you been ghosted? I'm sure. I'm quite sure. Have you ghosted anyone? Um, I think I have. I'm not really sure, but I think I, I I can't pinpoint the person, but I'm quite sure I have. That's another thing that Men's Health defines ghosting as cutting someone out of your life mm-hmm. and disappearing off the face of the earth as. They are as good as they are concerned that mm-hmm. you're you're gone. So, what about you? Have you ghosted oh, I, people? Well, I don't. I don't know if I've I've ghosted anyone. You, if I've if I've ghosted someone, it's in response to feeling like okay, you're not responding. You you know this. You've moved on from our friendship or whatever. And so I just take that as. Because I do think some relationships in our life—that's how—that's how it's been in my life. Mm-hmm. They have different seasons, um, right. you know, where you're closer at sometimes than others. And I've learned not to not to be offended by that. Um, it might be a season that they're in. There might be something going on in their life I don't know about. And um, I just I just kind of let that be what it is. And um, but yeah, I've, I've been what I felt like ghosted mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah i guess we all have so are you a tiktok person i am not you're not you've never been on tiktok i've never been on tiktok do you watch a lot of youtube or um not if i do it's uh it's sort of self self-help uh kinds of stuff mm-hmm. not not really entertainment not, not entertainment no. well i i fell off the wagon during covid and got involved with tiktok mm-hmm. which i said i would never do any other kind of social media than Facebook, Instagram, what Mm -hmm. I'm already doing. I don't see myself doing Snapchat, you know, and all those things. Um, I don't, I don't see the purpose if you're on, you know, other social media, but I will say that I have fallen for TikTok and my favorite 
thing is to watch police officers pull over somebody. <laughs> and, you know, they have the body cams. Yes. So they record the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so one of my favorites is a school board member in New Jersey. And he pulls her over and she immediately starts crying when he gets up to the window and telling him that she's going to be late for taking her daughter to school. Mm-hmm. And she begins pleading with him. And, you know, and he's, and then she starts raising her voice to him when she sees that he's not going to back down. And she ends up calling him a skinhead mm. in that call, which I think is horrible. Mm-hmm. And he got it all on body cam and she was threatening to call his bosses, the mayor, just because he was issuing her a ticket. Mm-hmm. Well, I read later in the news after it went viral that she had to resign her position wow. on the school board, which I thought she should. Right. Another one was the commissioner of police at the New Jersey Port Authority. So her kids get pulled over and their car confiscated by the police in Tenafly, New Jersey. And so she comes pulling up, jumping out of her car, you know, going up to the police officers and wanting to know what's going on. And the police officer said, well, they're adults. They can tell you. And she said, and he said, they're not going to jail. We're just taking the car. And she said, well, you need to tell me why you're taking the car. And he said, it's the car's not registered to you. The car is registered to an adult. And you can go ask them. She just kept on pressing that she could have their job and all this stuff. And they caught the whole thing on body cam and it went viral. She lost her job too. Wow. So I I don't know why I love those videos. I guess because I stand up for police officers so much. And Mm -hmm. I think they're, they get a raw end of the deal, you know, mm-hmm. in a lot of things. Just I'm not talking about political. I'm just talking about, you know, they're not paid very much. And they mm-hmm. really, they go out there and they put their lives on the line every day. And I just have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for them. So I like to watch those TikTok videos that kind of celebrate them and show them, show what they go through, but how they mm-hmm. win in the end on those things. So. I don't know what makes me think of that, but I love TikTok for that reason. And I can get into watching it when I'm bored and before I know it, an hour's gone. Do you know what a Karen is? I do. Okay. There's a lot of Karen videos too. Yeah. And I get but I feel I feel sorry for like I I, I know a lot of Karens and and the Karens I know aren't quote Karens. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel bad for them. Like and they've even mentioned to me um, that you know they're embarrassed when somebody like when they when their name gets called in the doctor's office, and everybody's like, "Oh, there's Karen." You know, <laughs> like I think I would change my name. I was gonna say I'd probably just change my name, yeah, name to Kiki or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for them. Um, all right, so here's a fun thing. Okay, okay. So I had some folks ask me some questions that they would like answered on the podcast today. So I'm going to pitch the question out and you and I will give an answer. Okay. Okay. All right. So you remember we talked about the can of corn on the last episode where mom had to bring a can of corn to the cookout and my friend Marsha, she just had to have a can of corn. So I had a couple of people tell me that they're the same in their family, but it's a can of green beans instead of corn, that it doesn't matter if there's a green bean casserole or whatnot. 
So this one lady says, uh, from she's Amy from Oxford, mm-hmm. and she says, my sister makes sweet potato casserole every time we get together, and it is awful. How do I tell her? Oh, what? Um, well, you have a sister, so what would you do? I, w- I wouldn't say anything. You would just eat it like a pig every time? Um. No, I, I, I mean, I might put it on my plate, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not that person. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say anything. Yeah, I don't know that I could either. I think I would just push it around the table with, I mean, the plate with my fork. But I will tell you this, if you're hosting, then you have the right to tell them what to bring. Right. And so you could just host it and then and say, this is what I want you to bring. Of course, they might add sweet potato casserole because their husband loves it or something. Well, and and in that case, um, I mean, I think there are times about a lot of things to speak up. But in that case, it's like, to me, it wouldn't be worth, it wouldn't be worth hurting somebody's feelings over. Yeah. Um, it just, it's just, a, it's just food. Um, yeah, you that's know? true. So that's, that's how I view it. I probably um, just... Let it go. Just let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go, Amy. Um, okay, Sue from Oxford. This is a fun one. My husband drive is dr- my husband's driving is out of control. I have threatened to drive separate from him. He gets very offended and loud when I criticize his driving. He runs up on people. He changes lanes quickly in and out. Help. Mm. So how do you tell? I say call the popo. When he's driving, just call the popo. Oh, you you just drove that right off the cliff, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> well, because I've been in a situation where you're in the car with somebody and they just scare the bejesus out of you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and that's one of those things about speaking up. If mm-hmm. it feels like a safety issue, if in that case it does, you know, it seems like a, a, a safety issue. Yeah. Um, it would probably depend on who it is. Uh, whether or not I said anything, but if it's your husband, what would you say? Um, well, I would, you know, I, I would be honest and say, I, um, and I, I probably would, I, I work hard at not making you statements. I would say, I, I feel, I, I, I feel uncomfortable. I feel scared when mm. you drive that fast or to talk about how it makes me feel. Yeah. And, um, if that person doesn't respect that, then there's probably bigger issues than driving. Yeah, call the puppo. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Sue's husband is clearly not open for criticism. So yeah. Um, okay, here's here's another one. This is the last one. My grandson recently got a divorce. It cost me eighteen hundred dollars to pay for it. Now one year later, he is talking about marrying again. Should I slap him cross-eyed? Well, do you, do you want the? Yeah, I want the hard, cold, hard, hard trade. Why did you pay for the first one? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, he was he an adult? Obviously, if he um, was getting, yeah, I that think was so. your that was your first mistake. Yeah, I think uh, this person probably just wanted him out of this relationship, but that kind of sounds like minding somebody else's business. Well, though. and and sometimes. You know, when we do things like that, we're wanting to help people more than they're wanting to help themselves. Right. And 
um, he might have felt the weight of that a little bit more if he had had to, you know, do it on his own, do it on his suffer own. some consequences, perhaps. Yeah. I'm not a fan of propping people up. Yeah, I feel. Is you. that harsh? <laughs> no, 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 no. And I've made some mistakes propping people up. I've gotten burned even recently. I got burned at Christmas, but I won't tell you about that. I'll save it for another podcast. Well, I think here's the thing I want to say about that. I'm 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 all for helping people. And you know, I've got I've run the gamut of it too, of getting burned. But I think what I what I've learned to do is when someone asks for my help or I see that there's a need and I make a decision, okay, I'm I'm gonna help this person and I examine my motive. I'm gonna help this person because I wanna help them. Mm-hmm. And then what they do with that, how they respond, whether they thank me or they you know, because a lot of times we help people and there are strings attached. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it gets messy. And so if I wanna help somebody, I'm gonna help them. And then whatever they do, they they're not um, you know, they're not I'm not entitled then to to dictate what they do with my help or how they receive it. And they're certainly not obligated to me in any way from that. That's There might be some codependency going on in those situations. You're right about that. So... Well, um, this brings me to our Deep South humor uh, section today. And, you know, it's really... I was telling you when we sat down, it's really... Humor and heart, mm-hmm. um, because this person is deep in my heart, and that's yeah. my aunt Emily. That's my mom's sister. She's like a second mom to me. Um, growing up, I mean, I can't think of other than my grandmother and my mom. She was the next person who loved me unconditionally, and probably the next person in line who whipped me the most. <laughs> um, she she used to have this wonderful saying that I look back. Um, and laugh on during the summer or this, I guess, this task that she would give us. We would be running in and, in and out of the house trying to sit in front of the fan, you know, to be <laughs> to be cool. And she would say, get out in the yards and squirchins and self with a hose pipe. <laughs> and <laughs> we thought that was so funny. We'd go out there and squirchins. do that. Squirchins and self with the hose pipe. Anyway, uh-huh. that was one of my favorite uh-huh. phrases that she would always say. But. Anyway, she has two daughters that are, you know, basically my best friends. We're like brother and sisters. We grew up that way. Mm -hmm. Um, She and I talk all the time. And so I love her. I'm not making fun of her. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you how special that she is. Mm -hmm. But she does say some funny things. Uh, We have some funny conversations. This one time she called me up and um, she said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, walking through Walmart. And she said, talking to me at the same time? I said, yeah, I'm I'm just multitasking. And she said, what does that mean? (laughs) And I said, it means doing two things at the same time. She said, well, why in the shit didn't you just say that? (laughs) So I laugh about that. But then my favorite, my favorite, favorite, favorite is, well, she was having some shoulder problems. And I'm not happy about that, but... Mm -hmm. She was having some shoulder problems, and she called me, and we were just talking about it, and and I said, well, you need to let me do, to come by and teach you some yoga. And she said, um, what? And I said, let me come by, and I'll teach you how to do yoga. 
And she said, Robbie, Mommy used to keep that stuff in her refrigerator, and I don't want nothing to do with that shit. <laughs> so that's my favorite story. That's your that's deep good. south humor and heart uh, funny story for today. It's uh, yoga in the fridge. Yoga in the fridge. Thanks for joining me again today, Stacy. This has been fun. Yep. I love it. Music. I love sitting down having Friday conversations. Yeah, it's the best. Y'all come back and see us.